You're listening to audio from Kingsway Christian Church. If you'd like to check out more resources or donate to this ministry, please visit kingswaychurch.org. Welcome to A Step Further, weekly podcast of Kingsway Christian Church. My name is Andy Lynch, Connections Pastor here at Kingsway. If you joined us last week for A Step Further, you knew we were trying something new and we, and we kind of liked it, so we figured we'd do it again this week. We're just going to open the Bible to Exodus 10. So if you have a Bible or a device and you're not driving and distracted, feel free to open that and follow along with us. And we're just going to do a Bible study and, and kind of show you how our minds work when we're opening the Bible and see what God has for us. And, and and this time it's a little different than Exodus 3. Exodus 3 was clear and concise and, and there was there's a lot there. We're going to join the story right in the middle of the plague of locusts. And so we're going to see what God has for us through this story and see how even in a portion of scripture, we can uh, hear from God and we can learn about his character and his love. Uh, but we would always encourage you to read the entire thing in context, to, to sit down and, and read through all the plagues. And uh, we hope you're enjoying our daily devotionals in the Sunday uh, portion as well. So well, I'm joined today by uh, two members of the directional team, Danielle Smalley and Brett Cadwell. And we are super excited to start. So Danielle, you want to kick off our reading in chapter 10, verse 1. Sure, I would love to. And is um, that British? Um, it, no, I heard an accent Did in it? there. <clears throat> oh, that's your knows? King James accent. That's, Go ahead. No. <laughs> <laughs> um, so we'll. I think we'll read from the NLT at least to get started. <laughs> Good idea. I'll stay away from KJV. So here we go. Then the Lord said to Moses, "Return to Pharaoh and make your demands again. I have made him and his officials stubborn, so I can display my miraculous signs among them." I've also done it so you can tell your children and grandchildren about how I made a mockery of the Egyptians and about the signs I displayed among them, and so you will know that I am the Lord. So Moses and Aaron went to Pharaoh and said, This is what the Lord, the God of the Hebrews, says. How long will you refuse to submit to me? Let my people go so they can worship me. If you refuse, watch out, for tomorrow I will bring a swarm of locusts on your country. They will cover the land so that you won't be able to see the ground. They will devour what little is left of your crops after the hailstorm, including all the trees growing in the fields. They will overrun your palaces and the homes of your officials and all the houses in Egypt. Never in the history of Egypt have your ancestors seen a plague like this one. And with that, Moses turned and left Pharaoh. Pharaoh's officials now came to Pharaoh and appealed to him, How long will you let this man hold us hostage? Let the men go to worship the Lord their God. Don't you realize that Egypt lies in ruins? So Moses and Aaron were brought back to Pharaoh. All right, he told them, go and worship the Lord your God. But who exactly will be going with you? Hmm. Moses replied, we will all go, young and old, our sons and daughters, and our flocks and herds. We must all join together in celebrating a festival to the Lord. Pharaoh retorted, the Lord will certainly need to be with you if I let you take your little ones. I can see through your evil plan. Never, only the men may go and worship the Lord, since this is what you requested. And Pharaoh threw them out of the palace. Then the Lord said to Moses, raise your hand over the land of Egypt to bring on the locusts. Let them cover the land and devour every plant that survived the hailstorm. So Moses raised his staff over Egypt, and the Lord caused an east wind to blow over the land all that day and through the night. When morning arrived, the east wind had brought the locusts, and the locusts swarmed over the whole land of Egypt, settling in dense swarms from one end of the country to the other. It was the worst locust plague in Egyptian history. 
and there has never been another like it. For the locusts covered the whole country and darkened the land. They devoured every plant in the fields and all the fruit on the trees that had survived the hailstorm. Not a single leaf was left on the trees and plants throughout the land of Egypt. Pharaoh quickly summoned Moses and Aaron. I have sinned against the Lord your God and against you, he confessed. Forgive my sin just this once and plead with the Lord your God to take away this death from me. So Moses left Pharaoh's court and pleaded with the Lord. The Lord responded by shifting the wind and the strong west wind blew the locusts into the Red Sea. Not a single locust remained in all the land of Egypt, but the Lord hardened Pharaoh's heart again, so he refused to let the people go. Wow, there's so much to this story. So much sticks out for me. I'll I'll start as you guys are are processing as well. I I, I imagine God giving Moses a little pep talk there at the start of chapter 10, (laughs) and you're going to know my name's great, and you're going to tell your children and grandchildren, this is going to be the greatest story ever, and and go. And, And you know, as we've learned about Moses so far, he needed that, right? <laughs> like he needed that reminder that God is the I am, like we learned about a couple weeks ago, and that God is in control and he can do whatever he wants. And I, I was, man, I, I feel like a locker room before a basketball game. Coach is firing us <laughs> up and now we can we can go do what he wants. So cool how God does that. He gives us what we need right when we need it. Yeah, and I think in verse two, you see... Um, you see, he says, and so you will know that I am the Lord. And I don't know, honestly, I don't know the biblical background of that, but I just think mm-hmm. it's awesome how God fits in that reminder that he is He is the I am, mm-hmm. and he reminds Moses in that moment, in that pep talk, that he is He is the I am. And, and I love, there's in, down in verse 5, when he says he refers back to the hailstorm. I mean, mm-hmm. it's almost... Uh, you know, he's he's referring back to, you know, they will devour what little is left of your crops after the hailstorm, including right. all the trees growing in the field. So it's like, we already we already went through this. <laughs> and you didn't get your lesson. I mean, it's almost his way of reminding him of the past. And, like, mm. you didn't learn the lesson. Now now we're just going to take from whatever, whatever little good is left, mm. whatever little that you have to eat, we're going to take that all away. And you're going to be left only to rely on me for your needs and, and – moving forward. So yeah, there's, there's a lot, lot there. For sure. And and one part I liked too, is just the challenge that Moses brings to Pharaoh, this question in, um, it's in verse three, but how long will you refuse to humble yourself before me? Um, in group, we've hit a part of our marriage study where we're hitting pretty hard on pride Mm -hmm. and that sin. And so this, this part of course stood out to me because it's (laughs) like, oh yeah, I, I struggle with pride too. It Mm -hmm. just looks different. I'm not a Pharaoh who's saying, nah, I don't really want to let you go. (laughs) So, but like just this constant battle of power and control. Mm -hmm. Um, we want to, we want to follow God, but on my terms, Yeah, you know, and he's just like, no, how long? You've seen all these plagues. This is what, eight? You you can't battle it. You can't fight it. It's going to happen. I'm going to win. When will you submit? I think it's a powerful question. And we see that continued carry out through the story where he says, okay, you can go, but only the men. Yes. Pharaoh's still trying to hang on to, to dignity, to, to some of that pride, to I'm still in control. <laughs> and Moses is here. You don't get it. You don't get no. it. Well, and he even had his officials around mm-hmm. him, you know, his wise counsel that he has put around him. I mean, they said, how long will you let this man hold us hostage? Yeah. Just let him go. And 
Um, and then he, that's when he still comes back with mm-hmm. the prod that you just mentioned after that, you yes. know. I found it interesting near the end of, of the reading, Danielle, where it talks about Moses was the one that prayed to the Lord and the Lord changed the wind to a very strong west wind. So even as God is bringing the miraculous, he involves his people in, in making the change. I mean, yeah. he could have just snapped his fingers and the locusts were gone or they all, you know, fell dead. But, but it was Moses that, that was able to pray and, and be a part of the miracle almost. Mm-hmm. That's so powerful that, that God is not just, I mean, there are miracles that we know happen that, that God does and, and we give him all the glory for it. But so often throughout scripture and throughout our lives, he is asking us to take that step and to trust. All right. I'm going to pray for that wind change. I'm going to pray for that family member that uh, I feel mm-hmm. like I've been praying for, for a long time, but God, you're asking me to continue and it doesn't stop, you know, there you're going to do the work, but you're asking me to be a part of that miracle. For sure. And I, one thing you said there, I mean, it took a lot of courage, I think, and faith on Moses's part to truly pray that prayer. Cause he's already been through this with the, yeah. with Pharaoh a few times and Pharaoh's like, I'm sorry. And he goes, okay, Moses goes and prays. And then Pharaoh backs up, you know, mm-hmm. he's like, no, I, I was just kidding. I, I didn't really mean it. I don't want you to leave. And let's keep going. It's yeah. my way, not your way. And so that, I don't, I don't know how I would have reacted in that moment. Like mm-hmm. we've all been there with friends or family and they, they apologize and you forgive them and then it happens again. They apologize and you forgive them and it happens again. And so I wonder how hard mm-hmm. that was. was. It had to be genuine. God knows Moses' heart, mm-hmm. but how do you keep going back to that moment with God and, and believing Pharaoh and hoping he means it? And then he doesn't. I don't right. know. I mean, I think in your in that moment, if I was Moses, mm-hmm. you're either a cynic, <laughs> um, you're lying through your teeth, or you have God. I mean, like I think yeah. that's yeah. like I there might be another option. There, but like, <laughs> those but, are pretty good options. Like so options. you know, because I think you know you just get tired of somebody telling you something and then doing the opposite. And like yeah. you know, this is not this is not the first time. This is the eighth time. You know that yeah. we've seen this. And so um, one thing about that section of scripture that I loved is, mm-hmm. and that, you know, you talk about Pharaoh's pride. Like I wonder what was going through his mind when he sees the Lord control the wind. Hmm. I mean, something that like Pharaoh could only maybe dream. He probably did dream about being able to control <laughs> the wind, but, and you're, you know, the East wind brings the locusts in, you know, Moses prays and the West wind takes him and, and drops him in the, in the Red Sea. And, and I love how, mm-hmm. you know, scripture says, and not a single locust remained in all the land of Egypt. And so it's like, yeah. you leave no doubt. God leaves no doubt. Like he brought them all. He took them all. He didn't leave just one. Mm-hmm. And, and he controlled the wind to do that. And I mean, there's so many, there's so many ties to the to the New Testament there, but I, I mean, I, I make one, I, I make one myself. I don't know that scholars would agree with me or not, but you, you I think of Jesus on, um, with the disciples in the mm-hmm. boat and he oh, speaks yeah. to the wind. And so like God controlled the wind in Exodus and, and Jesus was still controlling the wind and, you know, in the gospels. And so it's just, it's just really cool. To, and I, and I think if I was Moses, I wouldn't, my pride would probably fall at that. I would hope yeah. that my pride would fall at yeah. that time, you know, and just say like, God, you, you're, <laughs> you are using things that I can never dream of controlling and ruining my life and the lives of Egyptians <laughs> with them. <laughs> like I give in like for real this time, you know? So 
Danielle, what you mm-hmm. said about the forgiveness part made me think of Matthew chapter 18, because like you said, he kept going back to, to Pharaoh, probably with that, that sense in his mind, Pharaoh's never giving in God. Why do we keep going back? And yet he still prayed that prayer to, to release the wind and, and the locusts. And I wonder if, if in Matthew 18, verse 21, if, if that this story comes to mind for Jesus when Peter comes to him and says, Lord, how many times shall I forgive my brother when he sins against me up to seven times? And of course, Jesus answers, I tell you, not seven, but 70 times seven or, or 77, whatever, whatever the translation is for you, because mm-hmm. uh, there's several different uh, right there. But I can only, I love how we see Jesus in Moses and we mm-hmm. see that relentless pursuit of what God wants and, and the ability to say, you know, is, is your heart going to change Pharaoh? Because I, in my pride, I would have gone, <laughs> all right, we know how this is going to go Pharaoh. So I'm going to say this, you're going to tell me no, and then God's going to do something. Let's just get it over with. But, but he goes through that whole process and invests emotionally and, right. and shows us a glimpse of what would to come, be to come when Jesus uh, came and said, just keep forgiving, just keep giving a chance, just keep yep. going. Grace. Yeah. And I think you see such, uh, I, I don't know, just such a picture of God and in the work in Moses in the relationship between him and Pharaoh. Mm-hmm. Like that he just keeps, he keeps going back and he keeps sitting down and he keeps, you know, he somehow finds patience and he somehow finds the ability to, um, I mean, I don't, we don't see it in the script, but I guess you would assume that there's forgiveness there at least to give him another chance. Either that or, like I said, he's just, he's an idiot. You know, I mean, like, I hate to use the words, but, like, yeah. he just, like, we would, you know, maybe from the outside looking in, like, mm-hmm. it's like, why are you giving this guy so many yes. chances? And mm-hmm. I just think about, you know, stories that I see of people struggling in our in our lives mm-hmm. today. And, uh, man, it seems like you're having the same conversation. It's like, you know. Yeah they may be saying, why would I give this person one more chance? They've done this, 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 and this. And, you know, and it's like, we come back to scripture and it's like, you know, that, that passage you just read, Andy, Mm -hmm. like in Matthew, like God's called us to grace and forgiveness. And that Mm -hmm. looks different than probably what anybody else that doesn't know God is going to give you advice about. Mm -hmm. And, and that's, that's part of what I love just about scripture in general. Mm -hmm. And from the old Testament to the new Testament to today, it just applies it applies yeah. and this story, crazy story about locusts <laughs> applies to our, our everyday. We'll get your last thoughts here in a moment. So if you have something uh, you want to share with uh, the listeners, get that ready. But uh, a question that just came to mind that I don't have an answer for. I don't know if you guys do. Uh, if not, I'm going to go look it up after the podcast because that's how we study the Bible. We, we ask questions mm-hmm. and we find out what they mean. But so much throughout this story of Exodus, we see the staff. And, and I, I imagine a wooden staff and I imagine it being raised and it made, immediately makes me think of the cross and how Jesus was raised up on a different staff of sorts on a different piece of wood. And, and I wonder what the symbolic nature of that wood of the staff throughout the Old Testament is uh, or this Exodus story in particular. And I, I don't know if you guys. I've thought of that at all, but I'm going to look it up after this. And, and, and then I'll, maybe I'll, I'll tweet it out or put it on Facebook <laughs> or something. So if you're wondering to at home, we'll, we'll share that in with you. Yeah, I, I, I don't know. That's a great question. I don't think I've ever thought about the staff in that way. Yeah. But I'm sure Brett has a good nugget. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, no, I was, look, cause I, I was looking back at scripture because, you know, you see mm-hmm. the staff plays a role earlier in Exodus, but I don't know. 
I don't know that it ever says what kind of what kind of wood it was or yeah, mm-hmm. uh, but it, but it's definitely prominent throughout the whole story of Exodus and uh, there's got to be. There's got to be a reason. I don't know off the top of my head. Yeah. So. And so group leaders at home, be encouraged mm-hmm. that you don't have to have all the answers. It's okay right. that you can approach scripture and have a good conversation and say, hey, we'll find that out. We'll figure it out together. Yeah. Um, that's how that's how we do it in community. And if you're, if you're by yourself reading the Bible, of course, you have the Holy Spirit with you if you're a follower of Jesus. But uh, it's so much richer for me uh, after I've had my quiet time with God to be able to engage with others in that. And so I encourage you to mm-hmm. find that community to do just that. Danielle, any last mm-hmm. thoughts here on, on the locusts and the plagues oh and Exodus goodness. 10? <laughs> um, one thing that I, <laughs> we like to read stories, hear stories and start to identify with characters. It's just way easier to relate to the story. And I had a moment when I was reading about Pharaoh and just what, I mean, I know we used the affectionate term idiot just a few minutes ago. <laughs> it's very affectionate. Um, yeah, probably shouldn't have. But, uh, <laughs> well, that's, we read these and go, what is wrong with him? Can't he see mm. what's happening? And uh, honestly, there's the, I had this like moment where I go, oh my gosh, does he even know who God is? Mm. And then I go, Oh, wait, there's all these signs. Like, why doesn't he, why doesn't he get that? What, what's the deal? And then, you know, God puts up the little mirror, the figurative mirror to myself. I'm looking mm-hmm. at myself going, do you know who God is? Because you're not, you know, back to pride. You're not fully surrendering and submitting every, everything. That's what he's asking for. You, you bargain just like Pharaoh did. Well, can it just be the guys that go out and not the women and the, I do that too. You can have this part of my heart, but not all of wow. it. I can control this. And so I think Pharaoh for me, came to life with the reality that you are exhibiting, Danielle, you, you're exhibiting similar behaviors because I don't know that you fully understand and every moment of every day who God is wow. and just how big he is. And like, there's no bargaining. There's no, maybe a little bit of this, maybe a little bit of that and playing games with God. It's all, he wants all of me and all of it. And that's what he wanted from Pharaoh and Pharaoh just could not give it to him. Man, that is so good. Yeah, stakes are high for what I have to say right now. Um, <laughs> So, <laughs> no, that's great. Uh, no, I would say, I would say this. I mean, similar to what Danielle said, but I think, I think you see all throughout Scripture. I mean, in the Old Testament, it is. I mean, in, in Exodus, it's Moses, and you see it in other characters in the Old Testament. But then you also, you fast forward to the New Testament, and I think you see the same behavior in the Pharisees. Mm-hmm. And as you read the Bible. Man, it's so uh, so quick to judge yeah. and to call yeah. people idiots and uh, and <laughs> and right, Sorry, <laughs> yeah, right. And but I think, man, that is just like I think God is just illuminating like ourself, yeah, in so many ways. And uh, the second that you cast judgment or that you think you know something that that you know you got you got the the secret that nobody else knows, like God just illuminates that mm-hmm. in your life and. Um, and has a way of humbling you. And, and I think it's the same, same thing we see play out in Pharaoh, same mm-hmm. thing we see play out in the Pharisees. You start worrying about all the wrong things. What in, in, Moses's, uh, in Moses' story and with Pharaoh, it's pride, maybe. That may be one of them, a bunch of things, pride, power. Mm-hmm. In the fair, you know, with the Pharisees, it was, you know, it was pride, but it was pride in their knowledge and their rules mm-hmm. instead of, you know, God actually transforming their heart. And man, that's, that is what, that's what Jesus is after. And when you see that transformation, um, you know, that's, that's honestly, I believe what God was after in Pharaoh's heart, you know, back, back in the story. So Brett, Danielle, thank you so much for opening up scripture with us. We hope you were encouraged by today. If you have questions, please reach out to us. A Lynch at kingswaychurch.org. Have a great day.